This is a presentation from the Supernaut Network. Updating. Five, four, three, two, let's roll! I gotta have like a 40 ounce. I'm ignorant. Call me a hipster. Awesome, dude. She doesn't know that. I do community service, but I'll still buy my chicken. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Oh yeah, you specified. <laughs> Yo, what's going on, Ben? It is episode 91 of the Hey My Man podcast. This is Dave. This is Ben. What happened this week? Uh, I, mean, I have a chip on my shoulder, man. I've been working No shit. I, I, uh, no, I, I've worked a lot this week, and... Uh, I tried to catch a little bit of news in between in that, but I haven't had, I haven't, had, I haven't had a ton of free time. I haven't, uh, I don't know. What's up with you? I don't even know what, ha- I haven't, I haven't watched the news or heard anything in the news in, in forever. In fact, if it wasn't for the fact that we do the podcast and I try to promote the podcast through Facebook, I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm just, I'm over it. I told you earlier too about Twitter. Like I just hate it. I hate it. You're over, you're over trends or you're over news? No, now I'm doing what you were doing before where it's like I'm on Twitter to promote. Other than that, I'm out. I'm not even reading other people's jokes anymore. I used to scroll through and I'd like, oh, that's that was kind of funny. That was kind of cute. Or I'd try to write a joke or whatever, but I just don't care anymore. I just don't care. You know what a lot of it has to do with? I saw this movie and I told you to watch it, Nebraska. Yeah, I, it, I, last year it won a bunch of awards, right? And I didn't see I know it. It was nominated at least. Yeah, I don't know if it won any awards, but either way, no. But my, it was, if, it was, if it it didn't, was a big deal. It came out of left field because the guy uh, from MacGruber was was one of <laughs> Will the main, Forte. Will Forte. He was an SNL cast member. He was. Let's just uh, call him MacGruber. It's easier. Yeah, MacGruber was one of the main stars, and everybody was like, "This guy's not normally a movie star," and all of a sudden he came, like I said, out of left field and uh, was in this dramatic role. And uh, I, you said, you watched Nebraska. And I said, you watch The Master. And right. And, you know, that would be our kind of video homework because I watched The Master and I was like, dude, wait a minute. Hold on. And then you said, well, I'll watch it first. So, Well, I think what happened was I started watching The Master and then I'm, I stopped watching it because my kids came in. Like right away, there's some stuff in the beginning. I'm like, oh, oh I definitely God. can't watch this in front of the kids. So no. I stopped. And then I saw that was the same day that we podcast last time. And you're like, yeah, dude, don't definitely don't watch it in front of your kids. And... uh you know, whatever. So I had watched Nebraska. That's exactly how we got around to that. But yeah, I don't think that uh, MacGruber was that great in Nebraska. I think he was all right. Run of the mill. I thought that, you know, I, I don't know, man, in the beginning of the movie, I was like, I'm going to push myself through this. Cause I watched it on the treadmill. So I was like, oh, I, everyone's God, really? saying this movie's really good. I don't know that it's really good. I'm going to, I'm going to fight through it because how do you watch that on a treadmill. Like your heart's pumping. Oh, no, I wasn't, was walking. I wasn't running. Okay, it's just but walking, still, like, at a fast because it's a very, uh, you know, it's a slow. Pace. Yes, it definitely doesn't. It's not. Yeah. It's yeah, it's not Pennywise for sure. <laughs> but um, so I watched it, and I in the very beginning, I was like, I try, I was gonna bail on it like two or three times until they hit the road. Like I even thought that um, the performance that uh, uh, Bob Odenkirk brought to the table, I was like, eh, it's all right, whatever. I mean. It just seemed like the way it was shot, It was I was like, okay, here we go. It's going to be one of these like artsy-fartsy sort of movies, black and white, whatever. And I can I can dig that. But I usually like artsy and fartsy. Yeah. 
but it just wasn't doing it for me. And I thought like Bruce Dern was overacting. Will Forte was not acting enough and it just, it just wasn't doing it for me. However, once they went on the road, changed everything. Really? I think it, it was probably my favorite movie in the last, like in that genre, which is uh black and white. The MacGruber genre. <laughs> It's out of MacGruber. I caught myself because I'm thinking Wolf of Wall Street. I'm like, okay, maybe it's not one of it's not my favorite, but it definitely being probably because, like you said, oh man, could could you pick the worst movie to watch? Your dad just passed away. That's that's dude. I was thinking that as I was watching it, my my dad died like ten years ago, and I and I was watching it and making weird connections and stuff like that, and I was like, that's why I sent you that message. I was like, could you have picked a more coincidental time to watch this? It was almost like, uh, uh, hey, we're a comedy podcast, by the way. It was almost like when, when I was younger, after my dad passed, I know you made fun of me. I think you, cause you <laughs> not then it. I didn't because I didn't no, know no, no. then. No, no, because I was telling you about this because I think you hate the movie, but the movie Garden State. Uh, yeah, Zach Braff, right? Right. Uh, his movie. I be, that was sort of like my Nebraska at the time. I used to watch it all the time, and I like identified with the guy who was just like, I don't feel anything. And I don't know, like a twenty-something movie. Son of a bitch, or whatever. But I remember it connecting that. And if I had I had Nebraska come out when I was twenty three, oh yeah, don't forget it. I might, I might have called off work. Are you telling me that this movie may not be as good as I think it is? It just happened to watch it at a at a very uh, yeah uh, vulnerable time. Yeah, no, it is good. It is a good movie. But I'm guessing that you think it's ten times the movie that you know what I mean right. because of where you're at. I think right. so for sure. But I will say that the movie to me. It was good, but I don't think that Will Forte underacted or overacted. I don't think his character called for anything. I don't Nobody's know. It just character. felt like he didn't. To me, it felt like there was a production going on around him, and he was just sort of like doing his best, but he just wasn't that. He's not that good. I think of an actor. that's how he's supposed to feel. Like yeah, he's just here, and I have this. But the movie, the only word I could think of to describe it, and I'm not a critic, and I don't know shit about movies, but um, the only way I can describe it is. For some reason, that movie, like, broke my heart. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because every character, I feel like everyone failed at everything. You know what I mean? Like, every step they go to this small town, is like, well, I'm still living here, and I'm still a dick, and this is my brothers, and they were in jail. It was pretty funny. How but, but if you notice, like, even in all that, everybody had a really positive outlook on their negative situation or their blah situation except yeah. for the mother but everybody else was sort of like hey we're really happy for you nobody seemed no, like they true. were coming from an evil so to me that's sort of like i mean i know you think because we you know where we live it's not as definitely nowhere near as small town as that was but it's i mean if you go anywhere else in like a major metropolis they'd be they would think the same you know they would look at this area is like oh yeah uh, everybody knows everybody and it's just i sort of feel like that way maybe no, that's partly exactly like, what i'm, I'm never gonna get out of here that's exactly what i'm saying oh, okay. anytime i watch any movie where it's like where they're not here's what's messed up about myself it's not as endearing as cheers makes it sound when you when everybody knows your name <laughs> no it's not it means you're a loser it. pretty if much you know norman norm knows you you're pretty fucked that's for sure i think here's how bad my self-esteem is when i see a movie about like someone who makes it and goes to the big city I'm like, oh, I'm such a loser. I live like, you know, 20 minutes from Chicago, but I'm not in like a high rise. But then when I watch Nebraska, I'm like, oh, those people are such losers. And I feel bad for them. <laughs> but what's funny is my wife, still to this day, I have a 10 year old and a three year old, a career which requires me to, to not 
moved to the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And my wife, like you said, we're 25 minutes away from the middle of the city. That's a good spot. And my to wife, be. but that's how I feel. But my wife would say, you know, man, if we could just pack everything up and move to the city and just like be city dwellers, and it's like. I, and, but you're saying before, like, when you see somebody going to the city and starting a life in the city, it's like, man, they've made it. But now I look at it and I go, that's the most horrible existence anybody could live, especially if you have children. I'm not, I always tell my wife, I don't pay to park. I'm not sending my kid to Chicago Public School 3. You know, that, but in her eyes, I mean, she's not, she's only three years younger than me. Um, she still thinks that's winning. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends on you. Yeah, I just project my when I watch movies like that. I just project my failure or whatever, you know whatever I think that is on on things like that, and so it just screws in my head. So I can't win because I watch a happy movie and I'm like, oh boy, I didn't make it where they made it. If I watch a bad movie, I'm like, oh, those people didn't make it. Ultimately, um, I thought it was a I thought it was a great movie. Um, it did. There was a couple scenes like you know where the whole the families were together. And uh, he was together with his brothers, and they're just sitting there in silence, yeah. and they have nothing to say to each other, even though they haven't seen each other in all these years, and you know, yeah. no one's kept up. But it's just sort of like you're—it's a familiar. You're there. They yeah. know you. You don't have to talk. I think if you're if you are a white person that has any relatives anywhere near, like, you know, in a, in a rural area, which I do, like, it just scares the crap out of me when I watch a movie like that because I'm like, oh, dude, like. That's sort of how it, you know what I mean? Right. That's what I mean by like, they weren't overacting or underacting. They were just kind of sitting there. Maybe that's what that's, it was. It just dude, felt too close to home. Yes, I think that's what it is. It felt too close to home because we're not. Like nobody from, can be this dull. We're not from the country like at all. Right. Like not at all. We've talked about how unhandy we are. We're not. Trust us. But um, there's always that fear that you may end up there. It's like uh, Ben Folds always talks about um, running away from his redneck past. Because he's from, I think, North Carolina, don't quote me, but, you know, that area. And he's always talking about, like, he's got to get away from his uh, his redneck past. And I have a little bit of that, too. So when I watch Nebraska, I'm just like, oh, shit. Well, it's funny because I, like, I tell Uncle everybody. Bill, Uncle Bill's calling. He wants me to come help him. Fuck. You know? I tell everyone that I know. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to retire to Michigan. You know, fishing cottage. But I have zero, like, I don't know what I'll do there. But I'm always like, if I just had, like, 30 acres and, like, a, you know, my house in the middle of it, never had any neighbors. But. I don't know that that's really what I want when it comes down to it. It just, after seeing it in Nebraska, I'm just like, I don't know. Well, how many how many crumpled Coors Lights cans would you give this movie? Out of five, I would give this four crumpled Coors Banquet cans. I, that seems like a, yeah, I, I would agree yeah, with you. I wouldn't do light because I thought this movie brought, brought the thunder. <laughs> so yeah, for too. sure. No, but I really, really did like it. It was an enjoyable movie. I just remember, like, and when I say, like, it broke my heart, that doesn't mean it was a bad movie. I just... The characters seemed so real and genuine that it wasn't like there's some sort of like, oh, they're going to make it out of this. And it wasn't dismal either. It was just, bleh, which is what a lot of that stuff is. You I know think, what I mean? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Too like, close to home. You worded it perfectly because we're not, I'm not there, but I, I might, you know what I mean? I came from there. Like my, my dad was, grew up like in a rural area. I'm one generation away. And I felt like that movie just threatened to suck me back. I, I think any, a lot of movies like that, the, and this is a weird I guess uh, comparison, but Dazed and Confused, I think I've said this before, does the same thing to me. Anytime you see a movie that doesn't have a happy ending, it doesn't have a sad ending, it has an ending that's pretty much like just a day in the life sort of ending. Like, yeah, you know, this is just one more day, one more instance in this person's life, and there's nothing remarkable about it. He went there, he found out he didn't win the lottery. Um, Spoiler alert. 
Um, <laughs> and then he's just like, okay. And he just went back home. Just sort of like the most depressing thing to me has always been at the end of Dazed and Confused when the party's over. Everybody's just sort of like the summer's, you know, yeah, the last yeah. day of school is over. And it's just sort of like, okay, that was a cool, great party. Because you know, like you go to a great party or you go to something really cool. And then it's like, I don't really have anything interesting going on for the next couple of weeks. Right, That's, right. You know, so I don't know. That just It just felt like very uh, like dismal, I well, guess. Well, when you watch a movie and they ride away into the sunset, 80% of me always goes like, Oh, that's bullshit. Right. How does it all tie up like that? But the 20% of me goes, but it felt good. You know what I mean? When you, this is the opposite. There's like 80% goes, that's how it is. And 20% goes, that didn't feel good though. Right. You know what I mean? But it is, but the guy, I'll tell you this, the guys, the guys who played his cousin, <laughs> if you, again, like if you have any roots in any uh, rural area, they do talk like that. They kept saying, how long did you take to get here? How many miles was it? And they would all project like, how long should it, would it have taken them? Right. And what kind of cars you drive here? And they're, those people do care about that right. shit. And so it was cracking me up when, when they kept asking. It took them, took them two days to get like 500 miles. And like they just kept making That was so funny to them personally because they're right. like, that's ridiculous. They and they, nothing they to live for. Right. Nothing at all. And you know what? I, I really, my, uh, I have family that own a farm in Michigan and I remember going there and just seeing like, you know, old rotted barns and old, you know, and it's just sort of like not good, bad, not anything. It's just, maybe that is what it is now that you mention it. Funny that you brought up uh days and confused because I saw, I think that's link later, right? Is that how you say it? Link later, the Who? director link later. Yeah. I think the, uh, I'm butchering it. I don't care. The same director for days and confused. Um, have you seen boyhood? That was the other one that I caught. And Mm-mm. this isn't a movie show. We won't go on about it. But Boyhood is the movie that took uh, 12 years. It started when this kid was six. I heard 12 of it. years. Yeah. They basically just do like 15 minutes or so a year. I don't know what the math comes out to. They just do segments of him you know, every year, every couple of years. And uh, another one that... Like we say, like you project yourself, you get to know these characters. You got you got to watch it, dude. I might just run the old brother wear out the soundtrack. This is the most depressing. No, you get of all you, time. you get you get to watch his. I mean, he ends up being like successful. And it's a real like touchy feely great movie, but uh, but but it was it was pretty awesome too. And it was another thing like you can everyone can anyone, you know, any guy can identify with with. They show this kid like literally. You watch him grow up. You see him go through the awkward phases, and and it's. Just awesome. I, I feel like a, I need to watch the boy in the striped pajamas to feel better. Right. Well, since <laughs> since we're not saying happy stuff, let me tell you this. It was nominated for an Oscar, and also Dick Poop was nominated for an Oscar. So that ought to change the mood for you. What does that mean? Dick Poop is, you know what Dick Poop means, don't you? No. Okay. Is well, it Urban Dictionary? At this morning's Oscar nominations, Academy President Cheryl Boone Isaacs accidentally mispronounced. This is this is how That's more offensive to me than Dick Poop. What? Cheryl, Cheryl Boone, Boone Isaacs. And no, did you say Cheryl Boone Isaacs? Yes. Anybody who's got a hyphen name, I discount immediately. I don't Let's know. If, maybe Boone is her middle name. I don't care. What? Oh. Nobody says who like Anthony Michael Hall? Maybe Tommy, I don't consider- Tommy Lee Jones. That's his. That's his last name, Lee Jones. Fine, so be oh. it. <laughs> it says this morning's Oscar nominations: Academy President Cheryl Boone Isaacs. Take that what you will. Accidentally, I will take it. She's a pretentious bitch. <laughs> accidentally mispronounced the name of Mister Turner's cinematographer as Dick Poop. His real name is Dick Pope, which provides its own uncomfortable mental image. 
But here's what's hilarious about this. She's she's saying all you know they do very early in the morning, and all the celebrities say like, "I was in my bathrobe, and I didn't right. even know, and I was blow drying my hair." And my husband came in and said, "Honey, you're nominated." And they always have these like awful like Meryl Streep. Can you believe it? You got nominated. So like, wait, what? you're telling me that somewhere in the world, Dick Pope sleeping with his wife, phone rings. Maybe. Hello, is Mr. Uh-huh. Poop there? Can I help you? This is Poop. This uh, is he, M- Mr. Poop. Yes, this is he. This is Poop. Wait, it's, uh, well, actually, it's it's Pope. It's, oh, it's Pope? Pope. Yeah, Pope. 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 Right. I have, I have Poop. I'm looking at Poop here. Poop. Right. Right. Dick. Dick. Richard. Dick. Pope. Richard. Is Poop. Yes, Richard Pope. Okay. Poop. I, you know what? Somebody must have misprinted this. Uh, <laughs> you. You won an. You are up for an Academy Award. Great. I was for hoping. your. Production uh what did he, what did he, what did he, <laughs> he was a cinematographer. For hold on. What, for what? For what? <laughs> he was a cinematographer for uh Mr. Turner. For your great cinematography. I'm a very good mi- cinematographer. Okay, let me finish. Yes. For your cinematography of Mr. Turner. Great. Great. So I can go ahead and put you down. Da- you're gonna you're gonna be there. Yes. We can't tell you anything, you know. Mm-hmm. So two for poop? Right, right. Well what's it, Po- it'd be Pope, but plus it's, one. Yes, I'd love to bring my wife. That'd be, I'd be an honor. So if I could. two O's, no E. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's pronounced Pope. It's the E is silent. It's is that Polish? Uh it's I mean it's English, Irish on my mom's side, but it's, you know, yeah, Pope. It's the E silent. It's it's not, very it's good. Not, it's actually not pronounced. Very Pope. good. I will make the uh, adjustment to the card. I will cross out that extra O. I will add an E, and uh, we'll see you there tonight. Yeah, please, whatever you do, don't on the don't whoever's reading it on TV. Don't don't let them say dick poop. I'm gonna give it to my assistant. He that would is be embarrassing. He's gonna take care of it. He he is very good about that kind of stuff. I had a lot of problems with the BMV. It's been a hassle. Okay, it's been a nightmare. Well, we will see you there. Uh, have a great day. Enjoy your breakfast, Mister Poop. Uh, hopefully, you are a trophy winner. <laughs> we'll see you then. <laughs> yeah, it was something like that. So here's what's funny is that, uh, dude, with Twitter, the world is one big. Elementary school or nay, junior high school because they get a little meaner toward junior high. I'll say, like the world is a bunch of seventh graders because this woman. Okay, it's kind of funny. She pronounced Dick Pope wrong. She said Dick Poop. She immediately she was like, and for Mister Turner's cinematography, Dick Poop, a Dick Pope right away. It sounds funny, but dude, millions went to Twitter and immediately. Like a bunch of seventh graders pointing, and going, "Ah, use that dick poop." Remember that one time? <laughs> no take backs. No take backs on dick poop. Remember earlier when you were saying names and you were supposed to say dick poop, but you actually said dick poop. Remember that? Because <laughs> dick's funny and so is poop. You know what I mean? Like that's how it went. I mean, this dude, it was score short. double score. You got everyone from Pat Oswald to like eight year old girls who just learned their first dirty word. They're all tweeting <laughs> hashtag dick poop, and I just I just thought it was so funny because we were doing the show tonight. And like I said, I've been like. Pretty much working nonstop, and I was like, well, "What's going on in news? What did I not learn? Politically incorrect is back, or no? Bill Maher real time is back, so I get all my news from there. What else is going on?" Speaking of dickhead faces, you know, we used to do a bit called Dickhead Face, and basically, what started out was uh, a guy I used to do the podcast with, Nick. He came up with this idea to do a bit called Dickhead Face, and Dickhead Face was basically born out of Jay Cutler's face. So we were sitting there one day looking at a picture of Jay Cutler, and he's like, man, this guy just has a dickhead's face. For you nerds, that's the quarterback for Chicago Bears. Hopefully not for long. But anyway, so he, he's, 
he's got one. If you look at his face, it's self-explanatory. Like he's got not that it looks like a penis, but he just looks like a dickhead. Just looking at his face, like nothing. You know, Jay Cutler may be the nicest guy in the world. He's got a dickhead face. Certain people have, yeah, they just have that look where immediately you're just like, there's no way that you're thinking something nice. But then I think, I, I, I mean, I don't know from what I've seen, what I've heard in the media. He is a dickhead. He's sort of an asshole. Doesn't seem to be a great guy. And so from that, we came up with this bit dickhead face. And I think we used to do a, we would do a, a poll and we would ask our listeners to vote on who we put up for dickhead face of the week. And then we'd announce who won on the following week. So I'd like to bring that back. Talking about the award show, the Oscars that just, it wasn't, is that the one that just happened? Golden Globes just happened. Talking so about that's the, always the precursor to the Oscars. Talking about award shows um, made me think a guy who, the award show, this, that's not the reason, only reason, but uh, the Reverend Al Sharpton, big dickhead face. Oh, he gosh. has an amazing dickhead Colossal. face. And he happens to be a dickhead because I was reading a story about how he was mad that there wasn't any black nominees for Oscars this year. A, a, a movie based on, uh, I think, the teachings of Dr. Martin Luther King How can we up have for an award. so many racially motivated news headlines in the 2014 calendar year because and then, he's and then this guy goes trying, he, there's not enough black smooths like we got enough going on right there's 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 rioting in several spots because of him L- let's because let's, of him well yes and no but yes I mean, and yes no, because not, he, they're not writing because he's of him, the, but what i'm saying it is starts like, out as there's a, bigger they, fish to fry than movies it starts out as hey maybe there's some racism here and then he's there fanning the flames of discontent well, of course, behind of the course. scenes of every yeah. one of these situations right and then he leaves making the cookies of discontent by the heat of the laundromat vent so you know what movie that's from you're a bigger nerd than me so my i'd like to put Al Sharpton up as dickhead face of the week. However, that's hard because you just did bring up Bill Maher, and he also has an enormous dickhead face. Did you he have does. anybody you wanted to throw in the ring? I, dude, I like Bill Maher, but he oh does. Oh, my God. No, I do. But he does have a dickhead face for sure. Like, even when I agree with him, I'm like, I wish I agree with a guy that was not as dickhead face looking. Like, I wish sometimes when he spoke his views that I agree with him. He, he looks looked, like a Muppet. He, I don't, dude. I'm going like to find a, the perfect thing. I, it's, it's dangling. The you ever seen that dangling, cartoon Doug? It was like an old Nickelodeon cartoon or uh, he's yeah, like a skinny like, guy with like a green sweater vest. Yeah. That's the face that he's got. He's just sort of got that like, God, the guy just annoys me to no end. The guy in his politics, his face. The mean kid from Doug had the Macklemore haircut. That's so popular now. If you look at that guy that he's like the kid who's like kind of like the bully from that show. He had that. Like, there's nothing on the side. <laughs> it's just it's, a chanfer, like a 45-degree angle. Right. There's nothing on the side, and it swoops over. And at the time, it's like, that haircut is supposed to indicate that he's not nice. And now the haircut's sweeping the nation. It's just so... Who, in your mind, inspires you to to throw them throw their hat? Who could beat the Reverend L. Sharpton? Well, when you said Reverend L. Sharpton, it brought somebody to mind because I'm rewatching The Wire. But this is niche, and it's off left field, and I don't want to have two black you can't, guys. You can't have, I don't Clay, have two Clay Davis as a, as a character. That's what I was going to have. But he's a character. He's not a real person. Clay Davis has the biggest dickhead face ever. But he's a, he's a character. You got to you got to you, you know. But right. but my kid was watching that movie Enchanted this week, and he's like, he plays like a bit role in it, and I was like, there he is. There's his dickhead face right there. <laughs> but if I want to throw out a modern one, a modern dickhead. from this week though, somebody Sean who's... Penn. Has that been used a lot? No, it hasn't. No, because I saw a picture of Charlize. Oh God, bless you from sweet. Mother of Angels, Theron, standing next to Sean Penn, and all I could think of was like, look at his stupid face. He doesn't belong yeah. on the same 
carpet as 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 Charlie's Theron. I don't I've even want to understood the allure think. to that guy. I've, I've oh. never gotten it. Some people told me that they've been intimate. I don't even want to believe it. <laughs> I don't even want to believe it. What do you mean? Like they they sat on a beach yeah. together and told what told each other their dreams and like hopes? probably he brought out a guitar and started pouring his heart out and playing cowboy chords and <laughs> I you know I don't even let myself go past that. All right, so Sean Sean Penn versus the Reverend L Sharpton. We'll see what you guys think. I don't think I don't even think it's going to be. You can't you know, Pac Man. I mean, he's done. You something don't think it'll be good. close, dude? Sean Penn. I mean, it's tough. I don't his know. His face sucks so bad. His face does <laughs> suck. Attention, citizens of Crescent City and the rest of the world. At the end of a long, hard week, we can all use a little break, a little escape from the madness. Tune in Fridays, 6 to 8, and lock yourself into the Fallout Shelter. I'm your host, Jason Fallman. Join Cousin Ray and I as we read your tweets, respond to Facebook posts, take calls, and listen to all types of quality music while trying to laugh about this crazy world. It's the Fallout Shelter, Crescent City's most interactive radio show. Friday nights, 6 to 8 on KFUG Radio, 101.1 FM, and streaming online on kfugradio.org. Um, I saw a commercial this week for uh, Saturday Night Live, a 40-year anniversary for Saturday Night Live. And probably because I just watched Nebraska and uh, I was in that sort of mood, um, I decided that who gives a shit about the past? Let's move on already. Let's get on with our lives. I'm so tired of every, like, oh, Saturday Night Live, you know, it's not just their fault. It's, you know, because it's a long-running television show. So every time they hit a landmark... You know, it's 40 years or it's 20, 35 or it's, and they show the same skits sort of like, oh, we're going to, we're going to put together a, a best of show and it's going to be Eddie Murphy doing Gumby and it's going to be Steve Martin doing the King Tut dance. And it's going to be yeah. all Too the wild and crazy guys. First of all, let's look back at it. None of it holds up. None of it holds up. Wayne's world holds up. So when I say none of it holds up, I guess I'm wrong, but right. for the most part, like the early stuff and tell me if you think I'm wrong, the Eddie Murphy stuff. I just don't think it's funny anymore. I mean, I don't, I just don't think if you, so a person was to watch it today, a kid who has zero reference could watch that and be like, that's hilarious. I'll say that I have a soft, even spot. the Mr. Robinson's neighborhood, any of that. It's just not funny anymore. I'll say that I have a soft spot in my heart for that early to mid nineties SNL. I guess it's early to your mid. SNL. Yeah. My SNL. Yes. Yeah. The Dana Carvey era, the, uh, Mike Myers, Mike Myers. Yeah. Adam Sandler. And I would think too, Kevin that's Nealon, just, cause that's our Dennis era. Mil- yeah. Yeah. Um, although when I used to watch comedy central and they'd re air old episodes, I mean, the good bits were really few and far between. Yeah. Dude, like I'll be on, this is going to like, I know that's this is going to spurn an I argument. Prefer. John Belushi is not funny. He's just not funny. Like, the Blues Brothers is amazing. It's awesome. I love the Blues Brothers. But the stupid, like, samurai dry cleaner, it's dumb. It's so stupid. Agree? Not agree. Well, oh, gosh. Yeah, you know what? I'll agree because I don't have any vested interest. Like, Of course you don't. Well, why? Well, why would you? I mean, what if I grew up loving him? You didn't. What if my dad looked like John Belushi? All right, so but you didn't. You I'm just up, saying, it... like, <laughs> let, let's, let's call know, it what it is. Well... Dude, I have a lot of that with stuff that was before my time. And I know every generation does that. The, they 
the one before either you cling on to and act like you get it and people call you a poser like dude you don't really like zeppelin like you're a kid like um for instance on this this weekend on twitter i saw there was um etsy or some some shitty online store they were selling t-shirts with kurt cobain's suicide i saw that man printed on it and it was like kids were buying it my first thought was like Dude, a fourteen-year-old is buying a, a Kurt Cobain shirt. Like, you don't know shit about Nirvana. But it was like, but that's, <laughs> but that's what. Well, first of all, I was like, it's tasteless. Right. Second that, of all, I thought that. And then I go, well, when I was in high school, weren't people like, dude, why are you wearing Black Sabbath shirt? That that shit came out before you were born. You know yeah, what but I mean? that's not even what I'm. That's not even the point I'm making. I think that obviously the the Kurt Cobain shirt is ridiculous. It's any, dumb. For any parent to allow your kid to walk around with some dude's suicide, that's somebody's. I don't like the guy. We I don't care about Nirvana, but I'm thinking it. like, we you know what? Here's know what the thing. It's, like. it's, it's like, this is somebody saying goodbye to the world and it's, it's a horrible thing. And for you to put it on a t-shirt and sell it, I mean, what kind of low class piece of shit are you? I'll tell you what I got when the Kurt Cobain journals got put in, uh, Courtney Love put him into a book and all his like journal. Entries. First I'm hearing about it. Yeah. Are you really? Yeah. No, really. Well, she, she, after he died, I don't know, several years after quite, maybe even 10. Um, she took like all his old notebooks and scrapbooks and pictures and basically everything he'd ever done and put it into a book and monetized you know, it. Yeah. Pressed it and sold it for all this money. It was Kurt Cobain's journal. Now for a hardcore Nirvana guy like myself, I was like, holy shit. That's like, that's like, wow. I could see like everything he ever did. It's not fair to him. Well, right. But the other part of me was like, but that's not cool. Somebody bought it for me as a gift. I don't know, like a birthday or Christmas. And uh, I think I made it like 10 pages in and I never, ever have opened it past then. I say I still have it somewhere, but I was just like, this is fucked up. Like you're talking about before he was famous, like when you're 19 and doodling in a notebook, you have no intentions of anyone seeing right. that later. So, yeah, I have this book that's never really been opened because I was like, this is messed up. So, to, again, so to put it on a shirt is dumb. But uh, well, the whole Belushi thing. I'm the old guy now going like, you don't get it, bro. What I'm talking about is not like, hey, you weren't there. You can't say you like it now. I'm just saying it doesn't hold up. So to look back at that and say, not that like, you know, comedy has gone. It's, you know, there's so many barriers that have been broken down that that can no longer be funny. It's just not funny. It's not funny for a guy to just make a bunch of noise and take a samurai sword and cut something. And I think that, you know, back then. Do you, uh, do you think it's funny because stuff just wasn't as funny then? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Are we but evolving, I, getting funnier? No, I, I don't know. I mean, probably. I would say that, you know, as you break like down controversial topics that we're breaking acceptable. down, yes. Um, when I To me, I think what's funniest is when people are like really put out there, like the stuff that we don't want out there about themselves or they'll, they'll talk about stuff that you're like, man, you're not, that's, that's something that we all have sort of agreed as a personal thing. Like I went to an old lady's house and got a massage at one time. Right. (laughs) But I just think the whole like easy laugh of like yelling and screaming and just knocking stuff over like the Chris Farley stuff, which I still think Chris Farley, I think he's funnier than, so for a guy like Chris Farley to look or, or Artie Lang or any of these guys and look back and go like, wow, man, I just, you know, Belushi was, was it for me. I just don't get it. And do, I'm not, it's not an attack on Belushi. I'm just saying, like, I just don't get it. What do people think? Three Stooges is still funny. John Belushi, not funny. What do people think is Belushi's, like, apex? Where, where What is his funniest or his best? I mean, Saturday Night I don't Live. think that's funny, I mean, I mean like, the ninja, like, the ninja Probably, character? yeah. Not Ninja Samurai. No, whatever. yeah, the Samurai stuff, I would assume. I mean, I don't know. Animal House. Again, he's a good he's character. Not, he's a good yeah, character. But, yeah, but... 
I mean, whatever. I mean, it's not like he's doing anything that no one else could do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I just don't think he he was a unique person for the time, but so was Lenny Bruce. And I look back, and if anybody goes, oh, you know, one of my favorite comedians is Lenny Bruce, I'm like, you're a douche. He's not yeah, funny. Yeah. Lenny Bruce says a lot of controversial stuff, but he's not funny. Do you feel that way about George Carlin? Because that goes no. hand in hand. No, I don't. Because George Carlin figures out a way to like layer, like uh, like he'll start talking about you know, like smart historical facts. And then he'll, he'll figure out a way to weave in a joke. So I don't yeah. consider, uh, I don't consider it the same at all. No. So while you need Lenny Bruce and maybe you need John Belushi to do these things first, right. That's sort of like breaking down the wall. So and someone I else can do it better. Absolutely. Would credit Lenny Bruce for do for, for being the guy that's like, well, I'm just going to stand up and go to jail. Like the Jesus of, of comedy. Well, that that's not really debatable, right? No, but that doesn't necessarily because he did that. That doesn't we don't that doesn't automatically secure him a spot in the comedy hall of fame. It definitely puts him in the history, the annals of the you know in right, the right. You, you know what I mean. But but to say that because you broke down a new barrier or changed the anal, way, but yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> All right, well, agree to disagree. I just look at a lot. Like okay, I'll give you a list of things right off the top of my head that I think do not stand up and really bothers me that people say they do. Uh, one of them is Monty Python. I just don't, I don't think it's, I liked it at the time, but to look back on it or show a kid now. The show or Holy Grail? I mean, like any movie. of the movies. I still think they're, 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 they're all right. I feel, like, but I feel like Holy Grail would still make kids laugh. I would, I would put you to task. I would love to see, like, put kids in a movie theater and show that my, movie. I'm going to put my 10 year old nephew on Holy Grail. Okay. And I'm going to say, I, I'll put my kid on I mean, too. you know, yeah, we'll let him watch it. The two coconuts and bang them together. It's dumb humor and kids like dumb humor. right? Yeah. I don't know, man. It's weird because I look at it and, and, and I just go like, there's stupid and there's like just real stupid. <laughs> okay. But okay. So, so Monty Python, Monty Python, um, man, now I was saying it, I was going to come off the top of my head is going to be going a harder. Though. Now Caddyshack. No, I still think Caddyshack stands the test. You still think it stands yeah. the test. Time. I think that I, I full think disclaimer, that, I've never seen it. Yeah, that's crazy. Never seen it. I, I think that the thing with Caddyshack is it's sort of like you can you can move Caddyshack to another venue off the golf course and redo that movie, not redo Caddyshack. Please, people, don't don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I think they made a sequel, but, so I get, I follow you. No, <laughs> right. What I'm saying is you can move it off. That same sort of humor could be, could be replicated, and that's why it's always going to be funny because it doesn't. The golf course was just sort of a whatever backdrop to whatever they were doing. It would have been funny no matter where they did it, but. Right, right. Okay. Um, Back to Carlin real quick. Carlin is my favorite comedian of all time. I mean, he's my favorite. But it's not because he makes me laugh the hardest. I would, like, m like my my dream is that I could go to, like, a college course and Carlin's teaching it. Right. Like, I feel more like I'm just learning stuff. Dan Carlin or George Carlin? Um, Dan Carlin. I thought okay. I was pretty clear about that. <laughs> common, common sense. Uh, no. But he's my favorite because the stuff he says, like, I love the way he's so smart and cut stuff down. But in that same sense, I've like I've I've paid for all his like I have a bunch of old ones on vinyl. His old shit to me, it ain't funny. Ooh. It ain't funny. Carlin's old stuff, it just ain't funny. Like he was like, "Hey, I'm doing the the Catholic impersonations. Hey, mother, come down to the." You know what I mean? Right. That's very specific New York where he's from. Uh, at that time, that was very you know like you shouldn't say those kind of things. But it didn't translate to me. But once he starts getting up to like, um, oh gosh, what is the one where he has all the graffiti in the background? 
it's it takes New York or whatever the hell something about New York. Once he's he made a switch in his career from hippy dippy weatherman to all of a sudden, fuck the children. Right. The children is good. You know what I mean? He right. made you watch him like within one or two comic specials, he becomes a whole different character. That's when I was like, oh, oh, he's taking everybody out now. That's great. You know what I mean? I just I look at it now. And I, I go. Think it's jamming in New York. I, I just we. Were, I remember how we got. Well, we got. We we're talking about. We were talking about the Saturday Night Live uh, forty-year anniversary. Who believe? <laughs> no, we were talking about the Saturday Night Live forty-year anniversary, and I was just I was looking back, and I'm like, you know, I don't know what's been added since the thirty-five-year anniversary. Which skit they added? It can't be anything that great, but <laughs> I still think that maybe the big thing is is when you were a kid. What sort of was important to you as a kid, we've talked about this before, is what you always, you'll take away and go, nothing's going to be as good as the Saturday Night Live that I grew up yes, on. Yes, of course. You know, even that stupid yeah. rich, uh, the rich man, the rich meister. Like, oh, I, still think, I still think that's funnier now than what's on Saturday Night Live today. <laughs> it's a dumb idea. It is. It's so stupid. But when you're that, I mean, yeah, like when you're that, uh, I guess, malleable is the smart term for saying, like when you can be formed that's it's but who's certainly... even watching Saturday Night Live anymore unless it's a specific Dude, I, like host I... that's like you're like oh I want to see who yeah. you know how this person's gonna do people are man people really? are I don't probably know anybody pe- who probably does. the people like when we had time before when we had more important shit it's those people I just don't hear anybody talking about it I never uh, see hey, or see it on the internet like hey did you, hear, did you catch what was on Saturday Night Live I, th- I think it does I think it trends the last bit. time I heard was that stupid Jimmy Fallon Justin Timberlake rap thing like when, Dick in a Box and all I don't know what, what they are but I remember that was like a big thing that those guys every time they do like Justin Timberlake came on yeah they would do yeah. never I never heard it but I know that they did it I just because I remember seeing it and I was like I, really? I don't like either of those people so I'm not gonna watch it well I don't know I it's got to be hard. What, I read Jay Moore's book one time about his experience on uh, I feel bad for about you. about his experience on SNL and the way he exp- the way he explains like the breakneck pace at which they have to write and produce and get the sets done. And who wrote had, that book? Was that who wrote that book? He did. What do you mean? Like who wrote it for him? <laughs> yeah. Or what do you mean? who ghost wrote it? John Belushi. Okay, um, Jim Belushi. Uh, John, uh, <laughs> uh, Jim Belushi. Right. Well, John um, Belushi's long dead. Yeah, but he you know. <laughs> Can't say he didn't write a few things before he took off, but the point is, he he sort he didn't of, get in a cab and leave. Ben, he sort of puts you in that world of like how fast it has to be done. Like they all have to like, you know, basically sell their soul to get to get Lauren Michaels to approve it. Okay, but again, I'm going to tell you this right now. You're gonna you're going back to that whole idea of like, well, hey, the product can't be that great because unfortunately they're they're, they're throwing a thousand things at the wall and seeing what sticks. Right. But I would I would tell you that in that era that you're talking about on Saturday Night Live, it seemed like everything worked except for Pat. Everything else was great. It was a great era. And they had just I mean, an amazing group of people that all went on to do awesome stuff, except for yeah. Julia Sweeney. Well, some draft classes are stronger than others. You know what I mean? Very they true. Are. Very true. And well, and bef- they did it when there was, you know, twenty channels. Now there's eight thousand. You know, now you got to compete with PewDiePie for YouTube subscribers. I'm I'm just moving on with life. I've decided this year uh, that Dude, uh, we're like three disappointments away from moving <laughs> to the woods and just like catching our own fish. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? Like we're just unfortunately gonna... I can't clean them, so we're, we're going to be you stuck with a could. bunch of fish. I I mean, and not not you to where said, I can eat, sir. On this podcast, that if Bush came to shove, you could. 
I could, but not enough. You know how many fish? It was almost like when I talked about the juicer. You know how many I'd have to catch to actually make a meal? (laughs) It would end up like fish sticks. Like, you'd be so (laughs) shitty at it. We just have piles of, like, dead fish. And it's like, just, you know what? Just push them together and throw them in the fry, daddy. See if your in-laws still have it. My 2015 resolution is to just leave the past in the past and move on. I don't care. Yeah, movies, whatever. I mean, except for Goodfellas, Die Hard, Lethal Weapon 1. Maybe a couple other ones, a few good men. So you're gonna take um, your 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 past, like so the preconceptions that you have now, you're going with. with I just open... feel like you know what? There's nothing great back there. I I, I spend a lot of time going you can't looking move like, forward if you're always looking behind. No, man. not that. I have no. I'm not going anywhere. No, I'm not going anywhere. I just look back and I'm like, man, I it's we're always we always have this idea of like, oh well, nothing. Can, I have this idea. Nothing's gonna, you know, nothing will ever meet this standard or nothing will ever be as good okay. as this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's just like, you really think about it. Like, I guess I look through it for the eyes of my child when I show him something. I, and you'll see this when you're, when your boy gets older, you show him something you're really passionate about. And he's like, that sucks. It's not good at all. <laughs> I, just, I don't know how I'm going to handle that. It's not going to be good. I just watched, cause I get so excited. I'm like, dude, you got to hear this song. Or you got to like, watch this movie. Kurt Cobain's the most important voice in music ever. You little asshole. <laughs> No, put whatever tweener shit you have in your Walkman on and throw it away. I, I just watched too. Uh, uh, Hard to Kill today. It was on TV, and my daughter was taking a nap. And I'm like, oh, Steven Seagal, Hard to Kill. This is definitely a movie that's always good. You're like, you're so, three. You ought to understand Hard to Kill. And I don't kill. know why it took me until like 38. Is that the he's in the hospital room? Yes, he's in a coma. Wakes, we've talked about <laughs> it. He wakes up, and, he, and immediately his body is not atrophied at all. <laughs> that's the biggest <laughs> piece of shit ever. The movie's so bad. Um. It's awful. He's awful. And uh, you know what? I feel so like, what, listen, when my dad was alive, he listened to the podcast every week. My dad was a huge fan of our podcast. And now I feel a little bit of room to breathe. I'm sorry, man. Steven Seagal is awful. And I've been trying to tell my dad. I've been telling my dad this for uh, years because he would get like, is it like a load under siege for the direct video, you know, all these, <laughs> like, and he would be like, Hey, did you see, uh, and he'd come up with like, you know, the fire down below six, uh, what was the one where he goes into the pool hall and beats people up with pool balls? Uh, it's not hard to kill. No, there's no, another, no, no, there's no. another yeah, name. Yeah. Come Out for me. justice. Out for justice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know what? I just, now even watching it, like, on my, I think my TV hurts because, like you said, it's a motion capture. I watch <laughs> it and I'm like, this is the most staged, like, crappy setup. And I know Steven Seagal is a badass martial artist regardless of what the, what he does in the movies. But it's so stupid. Like, the fight scenes are just horrible. It's bad news. And that's a problem. I got to tell you, people, go back to a Zenith, like, 32-inch television with, with with like, one of those rear, or rear projection something. Dave, I don't want everyone over at my house at the same time. All right? <laughs> You're watching, you have a Sony Watchman? But I'm telling you, these new TVs ruin everything for you. I was I watched Lethal Weapon. I was telling a buddy of mine, I go, yeah, you know, I kept pausing it. There's a scene where uh, Riggs jumps off the roof with a guy handcuffed, and I paused it, and they're not even ha- the handcuffs aren't even connected. They're fake handcuffs. And then there's a scene in uh, Lethal Weapon Three where Rene Russo steps up to fight the guys in the garage, and Murtaugh. Danny Glover's character, you remember this? She yes. goes, she does like a yes. spin kick and accidentally like kicks him in the face because right, right. he walks up. Right. He has a gun. I paused it. It's not even a gun. It's a wood block. It's oh. not even a <laughs> fake gun. It's a fucking wood block. And with this 120 megahertz refresh rate, when he's in the tub, you can see one of his balls pop out right. of the... You know, nobody <laughs> wants to see that. that. They didn't think you could see that, but with high def... 
Now I gotta see. You a remember brown, before? Now I gotta see a brown floater. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how what technology is. I told you a buddy of mine wrote a letter to me and said, "Hey, you know, can you guys talk about what technology has ruined? It's ruined great movies." And I think a lot of it, like not for me, it looks I, good on my phone. You weren't, you didn't have this experience that I did, where my dad and me—that's one of our like earliest bonding things—was like super action or action, action movies, movies, kung fu movies. And now Explains that he's gone, I just sort of feel like, man, I can just sort of, I can breathe. Bro, if you want to come over and watch Garden State, just ask. <laughs> no, I mean, just no. ask. Just come out and say it. I don't know you got to be weird about it. He's still it. hovering around here somewhere. I'm not watching Garden State. <laughs> he's, you pussy out of the clouds. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because uh, I, I need to buy a new TV eventually. Like, mine is, I don't know, 10 years old or something. I bought it quite a while ago. Gran Torino sucks, too. Uh, I can get that off my chest. Thank you. you got to feel great about that. <sighs> it's awful. It's, um... I bought my TV a long time ago, and I remember there's a store, you know, near us, like by Chicago area, called the Little Guys, and it's like what they do. Like they have, like imagine IKEA. I know it well. My cousin works there. Imagine IKEA, but every room is set up instead of like kitchen and Swedish stack up vertical cabinets. Everything is um like you can sit in this couch, and, and this is a mirror, but the mirror turns into a TV. It's basically like a it's like the top of the line every yeah. sort of electronics, stereo equipment, television equipment. Home theater setups, but they have them set up for you right. so you can kind of sit in that chair and go, oh, I, I, I like this, I don't like that, blah, blah, blah. Well, a long time ago, when my wife and I first bought our house, our first house, there, you know, we had a budget, and she had like, a, it was a thousand bucks. You know, you have a thousand bucks you can buy a TV with, right? Imagine those great days. And then, 10 years ago, it felt like more. I bought a refurbished LG 720p, uh, gosh, I don't know. I'm assuming it's 60 megahertz refresh rate. At, at this rate, like that's like a $350 TV right now. I bought a refurbished one for almost the whole kit and caboodle. I got that actually for opening a checking account. <laughs> I'm sure. You don't have one of those either, so. Yeah, well, but you know what? I got a mattress with your name on it, pal. But like, I don't know what that means. I might have to isolate that. <laughs> it means what you think it means. So I, 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 I bought that. It was like $900-something. But the point is, uh, everything's gotten way cheaper, so I'm due to buy a new TV. But I don't want 120 refresh rate. I don't want 1080p. I don't want it because I've seen your TV. I've seen my brothers. I go there and it looks so real. It looks, instead of looking like Riggs and Murtaugh sticking some guy up, it looks like a white dude and a black dude in a costume with with a black block in his hand. It looks, it looks like, like a gun. It looks like you're looking at a stage performance of the movie you want to watch. Yeah, it, it looks if like I watched the Muppet movie and I feel like there's puppets in there. It's right. going to I don't know what it's going to do to me. It's going to be bad. But the point is, I don't I want it to look clear, but I don't want it to look I don't want it to look like I'm standing behind the cameraman watching a set. And that's almost what the, the really, really good TVs do. So I'm like, I think I'm just going to get the biggest TV I can with the least amount of like great guts in it. OK, you know what, I mean? you know what cool. I'm saying? I got a Sega Genesis for you, too. I have a Nintendo 64. My kid's addicted. It's amazing. Anyways. The Master. Does that inspire anything? Did it? The movie, The Master. What about it? You know what, dude? I... I, So so here's what I wanted to say about The Master. Yeah. After I watched it, I sent a text out to a couple of my buddies. I said, here's the thing. I want you to watch The Master. After you've seen 20 minutes, stop watching The Master. Text me. Let me know what you think of the performance of both Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman. And then tell me, That's before you fair. start watching the movie again, 
if you think the movie is going to be good or bad <laughs> based on what you've seen in the first 20 minutes. Keep in mind, there's like 16 hours to go. Yeah, there's. I think Ugh. it's two hours and Why does 17 minutes. every movie minutes? have to be eight days now? What did you think after the first 20 minutes? If I can take you back to where you were mentally at that point. I did zero research on the movie. All I knew is that people said, like, oh, it's supposed to be really good. Is, is it Paul Thomas Anderson? Yes. Right. Um, and I know his movies always... I don't know how to say it other than I, I don't want to quote myself, but I'm just way too stupid for this. I When I watch his movies, I go, these are amazing movies. I know this guy's good at what he does. I know these actors are good, but I don't know what the <laughs> F is going on. And if you, if you act like you know every single nuance of these movies, either you spend way too much time watching and documenting in your Hello Kitty notepad about movies or or you're full of shit. Because there's some stuff that goes on. And if you seriously, like if you get every little nuance, you've just watched it way too many times. And I don't think you're supposed to care about a movie that much. So anyway, with that being said, I get really confused. First 20 minutes. First 20. What did you feel about the performance? I thought, okay, up to where he stowed away on the boat in the very first two sentences. I can't stand Joaquin Phoenix's face. <laughs> and uh, what the fuck is his name? Philip Seymour Hoffman. Holy shit, can that guy act? That's it. Those are my two sentences. I was like, dude, I don't care if Joaquin Phoenix wears Cheryl Scott as a hat for the rest of this movie. I, it, He better pull the hat over his face. I can't handle it. I was shallow, maybe. I will say this. I didn't know if if it was good acting or bad acting. But man, can these guys act? Good mm-hmm. or bad, I don't mm-hmm. know. I think that Joaquin Phoenix. I don't. I, I have to. Now you didn't say he was a good or bad actor. You just said you don't like his he's face. He's an amazing I actor. I just no. The he's dude, really good. The dude has a lot of talent. The only thing that bothers me is that stupid thing where he grew the beard a couple years ago. So I still have that looming around in the back of my head. I wish he would grow the beard. I wouldn't have to look at the thing. But at, beyond that, I w- I really at twenty minutes in, I'm like, I cannot believe. Philip Seymour Hoffman, I believe, has one gear. I do not think that he is a three-dimensional actor. I do not think he's a five-dimensional actor. I believe he's a one-dimensional actor. However, that one act that he does is amazing. You mean the calm to crazy? No, I believe that he is like the, the same guy tense? in every movie. He he plays this. He plays him. So basically, you would say, yeah, that's fair. Really, Philip Seymour Hoffman does not. He has one speed. He is a uh, a coaster brake bicycle. He does not do anything but go straight ahead and stop. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix, I think you can. This guy, he's a great actor. With I that just, being he said, just looks like like he has a dickhead face. He dude. does have a dickhead face. Ugh. So I would agree with you. I thought, man, Philip Seymour Hoffman is amazing. Like the dude, it's so effortless. It's it's because here's the thing: he's just him. Remember him in Punch Drunk Love? He just like plays a guy that runs a mattress store that but has some goons. It's and the he gets same on the phone guy. and just starts screaming all crazy. But he it's goes the same from guy. Calm to crazy. Calm, crazy. He's like a corn song. It's like, <laughs> it's like a calm, just chilling. And then all of a sudden everything's like fucking nuts. The only difference is he doesn't suck. But And the dreadlocks. Uh, yes. Uh but so and we agree. Adidas. We agree. He he's amazing. No, I mean, no, they, dude, everyone in it was, Amy Adams was amazing. Everyone, and that dude makes movies that make you want to, like, take a bath and, like, go meditate and clear your head. He does that on purpose, and it's cool. I don't, but, okay, so now the second part of my question. Did you feel at 20 minutes this movie was going to be, were you like, I can't wait to see the end of this movie? N- not realizing how long it was, were you like, this is going to be great? I was roped in. 
I was roped in. I could have done without the first five minutes. I don't need to see Joaquin Phoenix play with himself on a beach for five minutes, dude. Get, come on. It's like, I don't know. I don't even, I didn't even know the plot of the movie. I didn't know it was about Scientology I until I like Googled it later. It's, I'm just like, okay, this dude's obsessed with sex and he's probably sort of retarded. What, what's going on? It was just making okay. me mad. And I look back after seeing the whole movie and I still don't get what the first five minutes is about. It makes zero sense. It doesn't even really even set up. It sets up that he's damaged. crazy. This guy's okay. damaged. He's messed up. But he's why did it have to be soundless? Lore. Why did it have to be also sex related too? And why? Yeah, I don't understand. But so oh. by the end of the movie, I look back and I went, I don't get it. Just like you said, I just don't get it. What the hell happened in this movie? That's two hours and 17 minutes, I think it was, whatever it was. You're never going to get back. But you saw an amazing performance by three amazing actors. Yeah. But what did they do? What was accomplished? How about that scene when they were like all playing music and he's basically talking the women into getting naked and yeah. like doing crazy stuff? What happened? I was just watching him going like, I don't even know what the script says to do, but whatever he's doing, he's really good at it. I will say this, and I agree with you 100%. If if anybody says that they got it, they understood where this, and, and they they actually have a rational conversation about it, you're a liar. But well, if it's you really impossible. think about it, if you really, no, I mean, if you look back happen. in the the history of Paul Thomas, no, dude, no, no I'm a pretty well read guy. I have no idea what the hell this movie was about. But I mean, I have a basic concept. I'm course, glad but. that I watched it. I wouldn't. I'm not gonna watch, I watch it again. all of his movies. I'm not gonna watch it again. I watch all of his movies, and every time I go, what just happened in my head? I feel like it was a Paul Thomas Anderson movie that was directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, and then he fell asleep, and Wes Anderson took over and directed the rest of the movie. <laughs> That's driving how a, confused I was. Having a bicycle made of vintage tuba parts. <laughs> right. So yeah. with that being said, um, I would give this movie two and a half cleft palettes, three cleft palettes. Uh, I'm going to give it. Two hair lips out of five. <laughs> All right, that's as far as I'll go. That's and that's why nobody will ever ever really want me. Ask us it. to review a movie. Yeah, because they're like, "Hey, what was the movie about?" I don't know. Philip Seymour Hoffman got mad and Joaquin Phoenix played with himself and made me angry. That's basically what the whole movie was about. Um, real quick, dude, I was listening to the Monday Morning Podcast, Bill Burr's solo podcast, and um, he's I since we talked about movies all day. He was talking about how every year he and a bunch of his comedian friends go to <laughs> they go to the Rose Bowl. There's nothing neat about bourbon meat. <laughs> uh, dude, that's really good bourbon too. Um, every year they go to the USC Rose Bowl as like a guy trip. You know what I mean? And I was like, and he started saying like, I don't care who you are. I don't care how many kids you got, what responsibility, where you're at, your station in life. Every guy needs that. They need like um, they need a thing where them and their guy buddies get together and they go and they do what they do. If they want to get drunk, they get drunk. They cook. They do guy stuff. Something where they're you 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 not the he man woman haters club essentially, but something where you can get together and do this thing and and it's important. It's important to remind yourself of, of who you are and who your buddies think you are. And and tap just, helmets every once in a while. That's right. It's it's exactly it. That's hundred percent it. And and so I was thinking, I was like, man, he inspired me. I was like, I got to get a thing. Like I've had several things in the past that sort of you know a couple years on, a couple years off, but I needed to start a thing. And then I talked to you about it, and you're like, yeah, dude, we should go to like Canada. And you had something else. And I was like, well, 
I, don't, I was thinking more of like a day. Like WrestleMania. I was thinking like, yeah, maybe like a day. <laughs> go to the horse track down the street. I was thinking like when the Highland Town Theater opens up, like maybe catching a matinee. But but, but your brother will come and my brother will be cool. But I do want to start a thing. I want to start a guy thing. Um, I don't know if it be the sporting event. Um, I can't even recommend camping without it sounding gay immediately. But like I want, uh, we need to have a... We need to have a guy thing, and I figure since you and I get together every week, that's a mini thing. We need to, you know, gotcha. put, our, put our heads together so we don't sleep with our heads in the mud and come up with something where you get your brother, I get my brothers, we get maybe, you know, maybe some listeners, friends. It, who knows? It depends on how many people want to get in. It could be huge, it could be small, but we'll accommodate whatever size it is and do a thing every year. Benapalooza? Ben Palooza. I, I don't want to throw myself in okay, the mix. We'll, we'll come up with a different name. It doesn't involve me. To me, what's most important, and I, I tell, I've told people this before. I, I I see this with a lots a lot of group of friends or guys that are like, I don't want to get it, throw out any names or anything, but I feel it's important to have friends that the friends that you had that maybe aren't the best. Fr- what I gotta get some of those. They're awesome. I feel like it's most important to have friends like the ones that you grew up with they may not be the 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 cut from the best cloth or made something of themselves or as successful as you or maybe they're more successful as you or maybe your wife tells you like i don't want you to hang around with those guys anymore (laughs) but those guys and this is this is funny because i i you know i listen to uh michael rapaport's podcast and now he has his buddy gerald moody on there and what I find important, and, and I hear this with Bill Burr, I hear it with Paul Verzi on his podcast, and I think it's very important to remember that everybody needs a friend. And Corolla says this, so this I'll throw his name out there too. Oh, a, a friend that will that, that that will check you every step of the way. You got to cover your loaf, all right. You got to put some kind of cock piece on. I mean, bottom line. When if you don't have buddies that are like if you've got a yes if you surround yourself by yes men you you there's no chance of you being anything but a huge douche. It's a detriment to your character for right. sure. If that's not a fucking metaphor for life, for sure. And I feel like it's my role to be everybody's. I check everybody. So <laughs> I know we haven't been friendly well, that we haven't yeah. we haven't known each other that long, but it didn't take long. And I mean not not in an asshole way, but. That's to me is a good friend is the guy that when you walk out wearing a, a sweater vest, he's like, no, you're not wearing that sweater vest or you, you know, you get some stupid yeah. pair of shoes or you're driving a, a electric car or you're, you know, the, the, or you're, you know, you, you let your wife play in a fantasy football league with you or you got a, yeah. you know, uh, a stupid haircut or, and your buddy doesn't jump on that shit immediately. Get rid of them. It's almost a test you should do yeah. like in a Bronx tale with the door lock where you should wear something, <laughs> right, right. some real dickhead shit. Like a fedora, and then hang out with your buddy. Like and if he doesn't that... immediately take that thing off your head and stomp on it, or you know what I mean, dude, get my rid buddy of Fuzz wore a fedora. I didn't say shit. I thought it looked should have kicked on his him. ass. You're a bad friend. Ass? You're a bad friend. I thought it looked good on him. I'm not gonna lie to you. No, uh, we're both out. Did his he- top of his head look like uh, Darth Vader? It was a step, then no. It was a step up from like just the shit we normally wore. So I felt like at least it was something. I mean, his heart was beating. I was good about that. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I, I know what you're saying, and I agree with you. And I feel like a lot of times growing up, I didn't have a ton of friends like that. I don't know. I don't know why. I just everybody was like, "I just do whatever you want." It was so cool, or you know, you're fine with what you do. But like when you do, but if the you of today met you, the the 18 year old you, wouldn't you be like, "What the? F- why didn't somebody say something?" Yeah, I think a good part, and it's funny because I think people in, in the same way people like, dude. 
if you have the head like a whole single, you don't need any other nine inch nail stuff, period. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, you don't need to buy every ministry record <laughs> right. to be cool. And right. by the way, 15 buckles is a fucking enough. Knock right. it off. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I think you, I think in the same way people seek out the same way children and, and, and people growing up seek out discipline. I think you seek that out in your friends. And if you don't find it, you're right. You just fucking, my brother-in-law you know went I mean? like when you lay cement down and there's no wood forms, wood forms, this shit just goes everywhere. You need some wood forms to hang out and they're, they're correct. And, and you're correct. And it's, and it's funny because like, even when the first couple of times we hung out, like we would have an argument about nachos and shit, but that's, that was forming. That right. was what was happening. That was some shit getting formed out. And, and here's the thing. I know now when I go out with you, where you, how, what you're going to do if I do this and what, you know what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. And it sort of, it will shape. Cause you're like, if I don't want to hear this guy, bitch, I'm going to do this. <laughs> and I'll say, if I don't want to get into it with him, I'll right. do, you know, this. Right. And so, yeah, you do set up some, some ground rules, but my brother-in-law, for example, I went to, uh, we, we took him to uh, the, the C2E2 in Chicago, the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. And uh, he put on, he was like, yeah, I think this year I'm going to get into steampunk. And he put in, he put like a, a leather hat that had welder's goggles on it. And I'm like, it's over, dude. You're not wearing that hat. And he's like, dude, it's, it's you awesome. A, you said a leather hat? It's a, it was a leather sort of like, I don't want to say fedora, but it was like a leather, leathery, like, a Paddington Bear sort of hat, like cheese from With, season three of The Wire. Yes, did it look awful? Yes, okay. it had fucking welding goggles attached I mean, it to sounds it. Sounds bad, but I, I didn't. see And it. he was like, "He's like, dude, take my picture with your phone and let me see it." And I was like, "This is perfect because you'll see what a douchebag." What about you look like, like a mirror, maybe? Well, that's what the same. It, it did yeah, the same thing. Okay. So All I right. turned it. And I said, "Look," and he goes, I would "Argue mirrors fast." And he starts going. He starts going through his pocket, going, "Well, I don't. If I don't eat lunch, I can buy the." I'll have enough to buy this. And I know I wanted to buy something else, but yeah. And I'm like, dude, this is out of the question. You're not buying that hat. You're not buying it and putting it in a bag. You're not buying it, putting on your head. I wanted to buy it there. I thought he was wearing it to suit up for this day. No, no, no. He was going to buy it there. They had a steampunk booth and I'm like, he's just so impulsive. And I was like, you need somebody there to tell you what an asshole you are. And it is important, but it's important. Unfortunately, still to this day, he's like, when when is the convention next year? Do you think they'll stop that steam booth, that steampunk booth? <laughs> it's funny. I was I was talking to somebody at work about this the other day because you and I both have a son and a daughter, and he was saying like, yeah, I think I might do three because every kid, every boy needs like a brother. You know what I mean? And that that was bouncing around my head for like a day or two after he said that because I was like, yeah, because a brother can be that person that goes, no, 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 dude, you look like a dick. Like a I brother, sure was a brother, brother can yeah, it can fill that role, and the person that hears it. Doesn't always love it. And the person that says it doesn't always need to say it. But, like, it is, you do need a, a good sounding board. Uh, but, I mean, it all depends. You know, everybody's different. It depends on where you're from no, and how your parents are. No, depends. Eh. That's a steadfast across the board rule. You need somebody to tell you when you look like an asshole. I don't, I don't think, think you know. Ever really much harm. Dude, to one it. time I shaved my beard. Just took the chin off like a Wyatt Earp sort of Western, so I had oh, no. a mustache and pork chop sideburns. You did that like you for, damn filthy mix for my brother-in-law's wedding, and at the time nobody you thought that would be appropriate to dress up and have that. And everybody was like, "Yeah, it looks looks all right." I'm like, "Really? Were you going to serve ale behind a?" 18, it's awful. It's awful. And I look tavern? back at it and I go, "Dude, that was one of the lowest moments of my life." Now forever, so people took photos of you like his, that. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Wait. I was with this bride wearing it. 
please tell oh, I'll, me. Yeah, I'll, I'll, oh. I'll, I'll show you one. Oh. I got I because <laughs> I feel like my wife had taken away my friends at that time. At that point in my life, my wife was like, "You're not hanging out with your buddies anymore." And you know, every now and then they'll they'll resurface for a, a period of time, and they will immediately go back to putting me in my place. Well, see, now my best friend growing up, Fuzz, has worn some crazy shit, and now I feel like. Is it would I let him down? Would I do not do my job as a friend and let him know? I mean, I don't know who this guy is, but I feel like he probably that, wears a Dr. Seuss hat. Just I feel like I feel would he like, could I he wear like a Dr. I might have damaged him by going at him. I wanted to build his confidence up before I knocked it down. You know what I mean? You wait. So you've corrected him on stupid shit. He nah, wore? I don't feel like I did enough. Oh yeah, no, I agree. I should have you know stepped. In I agree. More. I agree. Ah, shit. Yeah. I, all right. Everybody there's no. The there's no. Uh, Room uh, me for too. error in this me rule. Too. This this rule, you got me now. And you've stopped wearing deep Vs. I haven't seen you in a deep V in <laughs> six weeks. <laughs> you know what? God bless it. I think they're going out of style or I just don't feel Did you right Do you still have your closet sectioned off Vs? Yeah. Crews? Yeah. You know, my wife. Boat necks. If you guys are just new listeners, I went through this weird um, OCD thing where I went through my closet and I took blue duct tape and I labeled V-necks crew necks long sleeve because i'm fucking out of my mind uh and i did that one time no i've kind of gotten away from v's um as my self-esteem plummets the ability to wear v's also dissipates so as we wrap up the most somber episode of the hey my man podcast well i hope you learned something at least if you didn't laugh i hope you learned something i don't know but um, Sometimes it's just therapy, bro. In the beginning of the podcast, you heard a new lead-in to our lead-in, and that is the lead-in for the Supernauts Podcast Network, which asked us to join in with them and uh, throw our hat in the ring. And basically what that is, um, the Supernauts is a podcast network that has a couple of different shows. It's got Breakfast at Planet X, mm-hmm. The Imaginarium, mm-hmm. uh, Pointed at the Deck, mm-hmm. The Shut Up Kids, and The Super Not Debate Show, and then mm-hmm. our show. And basically, um, what's going to happen is is we like to tell you guys, hey, check their shows out. They're telling their fans to check our shows out. And we basically just, um, they promote us, we promote them. And together, hopefully, our, all of our shows grow. And we... Maybe we'll, and at some point we will interact with their shows and their shows will interact with our shows and all that good stuff. So, um, we're again, looking for any way to help our show grow. So go to the, uh, the supernauts.com. That is T H E S U P E R N A U G H T S. And you could find our little area of, you click on our hyperlink. It'll take you to our show page and then you can comment on our show specifically this episode or you know any other episodes that are going to be posted there or you can check out all those other shows that are right hosted right there on that uh at least linked from that website um also make sure you go to iTunes leave us a, a rating even if you leave a comment on that other website you still need to go leave us a rating a review uh so that'll help us grow as well um, if I could just say real quick, if you sure. if, if you have an iPhone, I've done this for other shows real quick. Uh, if you have an iPhone, you have the iPod, you know, app. It comes on your phone and all that. It really is super easy to leave a review. And this isn't me doing my Suzanne Summers like for the price of one coffee a day. You could, but seriously, it's on your phone. Push it, rate it, say you like us, say you don't like us. Even if you're like, yeah, I'm a busy dude. It just takes a second. Just go. It was a good show. Or or whatever. Just just that way we know 
um, a little bit about what you think. So I just, if, if you go, oh, I don't know how to do that. I'm not technical. Me either, dude. I'm dumb as shit. Just push the podcast thing. You can figure it out. It's super easy. What's the date today? 15. Okay. So since Monday, which would have been what? The 13th? Maybe. Okay. If my math is correct, that's when uh, we decided to. Uh, today. Okay. Right. So on the 14th, Monday, the 14th or 13th or whatever it was, uh, we decided to uh, throw our hat in the ring uh, to be inv- involve ourselves in this podcast network. Um, the clock is running. The clock is absolutely running to see how long it takes before these guys get rid of us. Um, <laughs> if you check out all these other podcasts, they're a lot different than ours. They actually, you know, research their information. Uh, they're, it seems like they're talking from a place of knowledge. Who knows? I don't know. I bought it. There's one called, I mean, listen to them all. Check them out. There's a bunch of lists. But the one I got a couple of so far, I've listened to the Shut Up Kids podcast, which was pretty cool. And Point of the Deck. I grew up a Star Wars nerd, I thought. I thought I knew about Star Wars because I'd seen them I don't know, a thousand times a piece. I didn't. I do not know about Star Wars. <laughs> I thought I did. I don't. I thought I knew about uh, uh, the the inter inter details of the Star Wars universe. Nope. Check out Point at the Deck if you're into the whole Clone Wars, the Star Wars thing. You even if you have a Star Wars tattoo right now, yeah, I'm talking to you. You will learn some shit. So check them out as well. All right. Later. One Saturday, I took a walk to zip her head. I met a girl there and she almost knocked me dead. Oh, brother, please look at me. What do you see? Let's travel around the world, just you and me, punk rock girl. I tapped her on the shoulder and said, do you have a bell? She looked at me and smiled and said she did not know. Punk rock girl, give me a chance. Let's go slam dance to a dress like Minnie Pearl, just you and me, punk rock girl. We went to the Philly Pizza Company and ordered some hot tea. The waitress said, well, no, we only have it ice. So we jumped up on the table and shouted anarchy. And someone played a Beach Boys song on the jukebox. It was California dreaming. So we started screaming on such a winter's day. She took me to her parents for a Sunday meal. Her father took one look at me and he began to squeal. Punk rock girl, it makes no sense. Your dad is the vice president. Rich as the Duke of Earl. Yeah, you're for me, punk rock girl. To a shopping mall and laughed at all the shoppers And security guards trailed us to a record shop We asked for Mojo Nixon, they said he don't work here We said if you don't got Mojo Nixon then your store could use some fixing We got into a car away, we started rolling I said how much you pay for this, said nothing man it's stolen Pop, pop, you look so wild Just you and me, we'll travel around the world.
y'all lost me at fisting.